AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger-than-life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with a Carnival bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings. Only at worldsoffun.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
fighting. Clock. It's a fighting. It's a fighting. Come on, shut up! Episode 38 of the Fighting Cock Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Hi! Hello. Hello. This week, we've got Ricky. Yeah! <laughs> we've got Windy. All right. And we've got Felonious Filth. Blap. And I'm Flav. And I'm putting all my money down because I'm a player. Hey! Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Is that from the fanzines? <laughs> yeah, yeah. About four pounds. That's all I've got left after the coke and whores. <laughs> <laughs> How's everyone been? It's been a while, Windy, since you've been on, maybe a month or so. Yeah, been a little while. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, everything okay? Yeah, enjoyed the Stoke game on Saturday. Yeah? Sort of. Oh, you went to, you went to the game, of course. I went to the game, yeah. yeah it, was, it was a good laugh, good day out. Um, not the most amazing performance, but... Well, yeah. we'll come on to that. Yeah. And well, I think we'll come on to what happened inside and outside of the ground as well. That'll be interesting to talk about, I think. Uh, Ricky, how yeah, you been? Yeah, good, mate, good. Everything's all right? Everything's good. Flown, you got anything to report? Nope. All right, let's move on to the football. Yay! <laughs> no so, intro. <laughs> no, nothing to report this week. Um, so, yeah, Stoke, tricky game, I guess. I wasn't that confident. It started and I was like, I, I, for some, I know I, I got slated a little bit in the pub earlier because I, I was saying on our WhatsApp group that I was finding it difficult to get into the game after saying how much I enjoy watching Spurs all, all the time. And I understand I contradicted myself a little bit, but I just found it a little bit... I don't know, I don't, I, maybe it was the pace of the game, the fact that obviously it's a bit of a dead rubber. But, um, yeah, there, were, there wasn't much to get to get excited about until the game itself just reinvigorated itself, if, that, if that's a right expression. But, the, uh, yeah, so you had the kind of Rose incident and stuff. But before we get on to that, let's talk about the football. How, how do you think we played? I th- well, as Dan Lowe says in every Away Days episode, Stoke is a difficult place to go. And it... That is probably the, one of the trickiest away trips you get outside of the top four. Why do you think that is? The fans, the style of football, previously the well-organised defence under Poulis, and to an extent Hughes has still, has still got a, a pretty well-organised team, but in a slight, playing a slightly different style. And I think their fans make that place an absolute cauldron. We saw that with the um, decisions that happened on, on Saturday. And it is difficult for any player to go into that and, and excel. But I thought on the, on the, on the most part we did OK... We kept the ball pretty well. We mostly restricted them to half chances, and we created a few chances ourselves. And, and we could have won more comfortably in the end. What he said with the football. Yep. What I want to ask you, Windy. You're a very mild-mannered man. What was the a gentleman? What, yeah, he is a gentleman. What was the atmosphere like? Did you have kind of a, was there any fear of you going to the Britannia and walking around and people around you and when you're inside the ground I know it's a very volatile place and then coming out of the ground after it's quite a you know a hard tackling game and I know tempers were high um, what, what was it like in and out of the ground was it as is it as daunting as people say or is it no no Probably because there's nothing for either team to play for this season, so it was probably dimmed down a little bit because of that. And also, it was a really nice sunny day, which helped. Everyone's in a kind of good mood because it's summer's coming, and you know, to turn up and enjoy the football. Um, outside the ground, it just sort of felt like stepping back into the 80s or something. It was quite like you're in a time warp in Stoke with some strange people. Um, the ground—I'd never been to the Britannia before, but it's, it's okay. It's um, 
just like a typical new stadium really in an industrial park you can the thing i don't like about it is you can see into the ground from outside it and i prefer it where you kind of get that build up to walking up into take your seats and to get that first glimpse of the pitch there's a picture of a bloke outside the stadium with a superman spider-man what was that about um, i must have been a stag weekend and no one else turned up <laughs> Was I didn't even I, I my because he was kind of yeah you, he was outside the camera player uh, yeah, cameras picked him up outside and I thought he was going to kind of try and scale the stadium because he was dressed up as Spider Man. I'm really bow Holyfield just just get crash the fucking pitch. That's, it's normally <laughs> last day of the season, isn't it? When people dress up, that's like the traditional yeah. thing to do. But yeah, a bit early for that. It's a bad tradition that should it, never have taken place. It was very bizarre, but um, I thought we started the game pretty well within the within the first ten minutes. Anyway, you know we had a few good chances. And then they got back into it. Against the run of that play, we got our goal, the, which is very well taken. I thought Adibayo was, by and large, very kind of quiet. He, he had a poor game. He kind of, you know, when he did have the ball and was holding it up, he was pretty wasteful. And he got, he got lucky with the elbow too. Yeah, that was that was quite nasty. I was talking to my old man, and he was saying he couldn't tell whether it was deliberate. But he isn't a nasty player, but he, he is prone to he's flashes street, of aggression. Yeah. yeah, he's got a streak. It's, it's almost irrelevant whether it was intentional or not because it was dangerous play and it could have done some damage and he probably should have got a red card for that. Um, I thought we got lucky with Rose as well, who I know a lot of people said, you know, it's only a push, it's normally a yellow, but it was the nature of the incident where he ran sort of 20 yards Pretty shouting verbals well. at the guy and then pushed him pretty hard. That's, I mean, violent conduct is... Nor is where a player uses excessive force or brutality against an opponent. That's surely excessive force, and which and they have to give a red card for violent conduct. So. Do you think? Um, but this came off the back of an amazing header from from Rose. Yeah, I was so what, surprised because I couldn't tell who scored that, uh, and and the fact that the left back was in that position mm. shows probably something about Sherwood's plan to get his fullbacks attacking. And Rose, out of the two fullbacks we do have, are probably. Much more, you know, he's much more likely to get into the box and to finish in the way he did. I mean, it was reminiscent of Hullet, the way he fucking powered that ball. Craned his neck. It was a beautiful, beautiful header. Fantastic work. Uh, and, and from Adi Bayor, which is what I was going to go on to, is that his delivery of that ball and to, to beat their defender, I'm not sure who it was, to chip it across to, to, to find. It was just a, a well worked goal. And it's one I've watched over and over again because it's just so satisfying. And that kind of set the tempo for Rose, really. He was going to have one of those games. And what I don't get though is this. I understand it because sometimes when you're in the stadium and you react to things happening on the pitch and you get kind of enveloped by the people around you um, and react with them. But it was blatantly, both yellow cards were, were just, I thought. If you, as I said, if you're the home team, the decision goes against you. You should, you should intimidate the referee. So um, I can see why they were doing it. To be fair, I, it, was, it was a red card. I've got no issue with, um, with with how the Stoke fans reacted, really. It's their job, to, like as you said, T, it's their job to intimidate the other team, intimidate the referee, to try and get as much going in the way in the way your team. And, and actually, they, the Stoke team responded well. Well, the, the fans won, didn't they? He came off in the end. Yeah. They took off those, so the fans... What do you think about that? Well, we got John Terry sent off a few years back, and... That's one of my proudest moments. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure the Stoke fans will feel the same way about getting Rose taken off. Um, I don't know for... Was it Shawcross's second yellow? Yeah, it was. A, um, that, that was foul on Rose, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. A, and then there was another foul on Rose where... That was uh, Cameron. Yeah, That's what made him clattered him and then, and then he went over and shoved him. 
So obviously, if someone's like you're being kicked all game, you're going to be a bit fucked off with that. Yeah. Um, and then the kind of the point where Rose has run over to him and shoved him in the chest. Yeah, obviously that's not ideal. But for me, it's kind of like people shove each other like in the penalty box for corners and all sorts all throughout the game. Um, and a shove to the chest for me doesn't warrant a, a red card. If he's grabbed by the throat or hit him by the face or. or you know, gripped him up by the face, whatever, then, yeah, you know, I'd say red card, but... What if Cameron falls over, then? Which he didn't do. If Cameron falls over from that shove, then Rose is off. Uh, and if, shoved... if Cameron falls over from that shove, then he's a pussy. No, but it's a sending off, though. But it's a game, no, guess, no, not at all. I guess I what really you're... Don't, I don't, don't in the rules of the game, it probably it's is the rules a of the game. It, I agree with you. A shove isn't isn't the same as a grab to the throat or yeah. a punch. Yeah. But you see... Uh, well, you look what um, Torres got away with by scratching his nails down uh, the, the tongue and the tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. wanted him it, off. People... Yeah, of course we wouldn't. And he should have been sent off for that. Um... But within the rules of the game, I think he, he should have gone. I think what the referee did well, and this is my bias hat with my bias hat on, is that he read the situation. He understood what was happening with Rose. He was being targeted. Cameron's challenge was premeditated. He should have been booked. He definitely he, should have been booked. And he wasn't tackle. booked for it. So, you know, I can understand where the referee's coming from. On another day, he would have been sent off, and we were lucky for it. And I think Sherwood did the right thing and getting him off and sending him down the tunnel because it completely diffused it. After that, apart from them playing better, without, you know, the fact that... I, I think Rose was having a really good game uh, and, and he was causing them a few troubles and they were obviously affected by him being on the pitch. But the, the actual atmosphere was a little bit kind of more diffused as soon as he left and that was a good thing that Sherwood did, in my opinion. And I saw someone on Twitter said, Well done, Sherwood! You've destroyed the boys' confidence! I was yeah, like, yeah, what the well. fuck? Anyway. Uh, Windy, when Rose is walking off down the tunnel, um, what was the reception that he got from the Spurs fans? Was uh, everyone singing, Danny, Danny Oh, Rose. yeah, 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 yeah. He was loving it. I, I tweeted yesterday that he'll never get that kind of support again, so lap it up. He was The support was extreme. Like Everyone was behind him. It, it wasn't, Good. you know, it would have been the same for any player yeah, who yeah. was undergoing that kind of treatment from their players and fans. So it was nice to, to back him, but I don't know. I don't like the thought of Danny Rose becoming some kind of cult hero because he's really not good enough to be a cult Look, hero. If he didn't become a cult hero after that goal against Arsenal, he's that's, no that's, that's a fair point, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the game itself, I thought the Dawson and Kabul both played pretty pretty well. Dawson yeah, made Dawson some was, superb blocks, yeah. and that is exactly the reason why he's around at the club still, for yeah. those kind of games well, where these he kind of suits games, into a team. Exactly, yeah. And, but I was a bit disappointed with um, mostly our wing play. Like, the crossing... Our level of crossing from our players is appalling. And now we've got two strikers um, playing, both of whom are pretty good at attacking the ball in the six-yard box. You just think a couple of good crosses and you're going to score goals. Kane's shown it in the last three or four games. He's he's lethal in the air. And I, I, I was just interested that there was only three accurate crosses in the, in the match from Spurs from 18 attempts, which just seems ridiculously low. Eriksen didn't complete a single cross out of five. Is that low? Yeah, it is yeah, it is low. Rose one out of four, Lennon zero out of two. Two crosses for Lennon in the whole match. I mean, the amount of times he had the ball in a good area, came inside, checked and passed back to Norton. I mean, Lennon's just playing within himself at the moment. It's our first clean sheet in donkeys, though, isn't it? Seven games, isn't it? Yeah. When was our last one? Was it Newcastle? Yeah, we that game again. I lost away, I lost away <laughs> win. Our last clean sheet, Newcastle. Do you know that we can still finish on seventy-two points, which is equaling our highest Premier League record? Remarkable. 
Uh, unbelievable, really. It just shows how competitive the Prem is, man. It's yeah. just fucking unbelievable. And it also shows what a good squad we actually have. And, like I said, before we started recording, I've got to apologise for the children screaming. It's nothing to do with Wendy being here. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Chris. The, uh, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> fuck, I got distracted by the children screaming. Not for the first time. <laughs> I've got to stop it. <laughs> what was I saying? What were we talking about? I love my train of thought too. Um, but about about the points tally. Yeah, yeah, but it, 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 I think it goes to something uh, for, to, to be said for Sherwood. He's played, I think, is it eighteen games, nineteen league something games. Like that, isn't it? Twelve wins out of twenty. Yeah, and out of uh, twenty, uh, so he's played twenty league games. I believe so. So half a season, more or less. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, 20 games, 12 wins, 3 draws, 5 defeats. That's half a season. And obviously, I, I also said that I don't think I remember being, uh, our fan base being united behind or against the manager like they have been with, with Sherwood. Everyone, more or less, seems to want him gone. And I think that's largely to do with what he says off, off, off the, you know, outside of managing the football club. And you know, and then the response to the interviews, and I think if he'd never said, had never taken an interview, and Freund or Chris Ramsey or someone else had done the interviews, that we would all be saying, give him another season. Based on the football, it's not awful. It, we are scoring more goals. We don't look that frail at the back. It's it's a weird weird conundrum that I find myself in. I don't agree in. with the defensive bit. I, I'm, I, I, well, we, we've opened up to score more goals, and we're always going to be a little bit more prone at the back to, to conceding. Especially catastrophic errors as we have been. I, I but think it's the, um, it's the lack of belief in defensive midfielders that haven't that haven't helped and hasn't protected his back four. But we do look more like scoring. We do look scoring more goals. So it's it's, it's, it's such a strange one, really. And it, it, if it weren't for my worry of Sherwood alienating players and being divisive, then there would really be no. There'd be you'd, you'd be, it'd be tough to argue for him not being given another year don't get me wrong I don't want this I don't I need a I need a manager I can get behind but Ricky why are you shaking your head so much because um, Sherwood's coming in and he's 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 doing a good job but I, I, I want a manager that will get the very best out of our squad at the moment and with um, with his comments of saying that you know about Sandra you're not good enough or whoever's not good enough mm. you're not getting in my team um, he could be a bit more diplomatic and not speak to the media about those certain things. But pushing that to a side, I mean, going back to the Liverpool-Chelsea game, yesterday, you know, there's a lot of people saying, oh, you know, Chelsea parked the bus. But Mourinho played that tactically Spot on. perfect. And for uh, a manager with his experience and his history of what he's done... You know, to, for there are games. I mean, under Redknapp, it was all attack, attack, attack. No matter who you're playing, go out and attack them. You know, we'll score more than you. Um, you know, just to have someone to to have that bit of kind of uh, pragmatism to say, yeah, we are going out to Anfield. They're an absolute fucking steam train at the moment, hammering teams. Let's go up there. Let's sit tight. Let's do a bit of this and a bit of that. And then you know we'll take it from there rather than all guns blazing. Yeah, we got undone by. A- Again, another catastrophic, catastrophic error. I think I don't. His game plan was unravelled in this first minute. What Sherwood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that is true. But um, I think there's there's been other times and other games where it has been all guns blazing, and yep. you know. But the thing is, as well, since he's taken over, I think 
within the squad there's there's been that kind of mentality of we're not going to get fourth so mm. th- there hasn't been that kind of real um, energetic performance well what winds me up about Sherwood I mean I think the first podcast of 2014 we discussed um, Sherwood being a bit of a flat track bully and the stats kind of bear that out in as much as against the top five have played ten got five points this is the whole season I believe anyway and I think the Rest of the season with 26, play 26, 61 points. So it just shows that against the best team, you almost write it off. Now, when Neil was our manager, he did the same thing. Yeah, we played Man U at home and we lost 4 0. The 10 men, we lost 4 0. And it feels that when you play a big team under Sherwood, he almost gives up before it starts. It doesn't have the determination to upset the bigger teams. And that is really frustration, frustrating for a fan because you look at what Mourinho did yesterday and yeah, it was ugly and there's a lot of people who don't appreciate that. After kind making of, seven changes. Well, this is it. That's what I was going to say. Five, five key players missing. You imagine Sherwood in that situation. Well, we, we had Sherwood in that situation. He basically said, you know, I haven't watched the videos of Liverpool. Yeah. Um, we're going to go and try and play our game and make them think about the way we're playing. And Mourinho did the opposite of that. He just stopped them playing and caught them on the counter and it was spot on. And you just think, if you got a f- eked a few points out of those big games, think how different things could be. One of the worrying things about Stoke game was that when, even when we were 10 nil down... It, ten, <laughs> 10 men down. Sorry. They were, when they were 10 men down, it kind of felt like they were playing with the confidence of being 10 nil up. There you go. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was a weird one because I was being really frustrated. I, I got frustrated watching it thinking... Why, why is this happening? They were getting in. They, they had a couple of very good chances. I mean, we did as well. I thought Kane should have done better with a few. I don't remember them having clear-cut chances. They weren't clear-cut. It was Onaltovich going through um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, one-on-one yeah, 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 yeah. was the, the main one. Yeah, there was that. But there was also a couple of... If they would have taken the ball better or they'd got the, the lucky bounce or they, they would have been through. So it, it was it was kind of... It didn't happen. And these time, you know, people are going to get chances in football matches. But unless you're kind of playing against Chelsea when they seem to kind of be able to dictate exactly what you're going to do and then react to it which is what's so amazing about Mourinho and what he does he's just such an arse yeah and he looks like a proper he was wearing a gilet did you see that yeah <laughs> I know Sherwood's a trendsetter we've got uh, a question from Parathamesh Shende um, and off Facebook and he asks uh, about Moyes and you know, I think he's a bit perplexed by the reaction to of Spurs fans to um, the, you know the idea that David Moyes could be our manager. Well, at the Stoke game, um, there was like a one guy stood up and started belting out uh, this song, anti Moyes song. Tottenham make some noise. We don't want David Moyes. Which is a boring, boring cunt. Yeah, this is a reaction to the uh, what is a, a kind of reworking of the Man United. Exactly, song, exactly. I don't. I don't- Quite know how this song goes, Windy. Can you sing? <laughs> I don't. I don't sing songs. I just make them. <laughs> Strolling up the pitch is I was there with my friends uh, Paul, and Nick, and Nick got a really good video of this guy belting out a song and people starting up, and it got like I think it had something like twenty-five thousand views on YouTube. Yeah, it kind of went viral. Um, but it was interesting that so, like we know that all of our fans are. At, against Sherwood pretty much and equally they're even more so against the potential of having Moyes at the club um, Is it the fact that they that Man United are, obviously have such attacking players Mata, Rooney Na- Nani uh, Valencia fucking Van Persie 
and yet they still looked so regimented and structured and pragmatic and no one really wants to pay to go and watch that kind of football well my argument when they appointed Moyes I always thought was a bad fit because he's always been a very reactive manager who's good at stopping the opposition playing but he's never really been one who has developed a unique style that Everton had had that would they like imprint on a game themselves it had always been first instinct is to stop the opposition playing and then you do what you can on the counter and Man U are a team that are going to dominate possession nine times out of ten so you need a manager who's got a very you know a style that the players can adapt to and become accustomed to and, and make other teams think about them but there's I mean the, the other reason that I wouldn't want Moyes in is when, when he left Kevin Sheedy their academy coach came out and sort of said on Twitter in my seven years here Moyes showed no interest in our youth team and that completely goes against what Levy's trying to establish having spent all that money on our on our training centre and when AVB came in he made such a big noise about how he wants the uh, the youth team to be integrated the academy integrated play the same way and integrate those players into the first team squad I'm not sure what to make of those comments because since he's <laughs> that's what I'm making it so but since he's left I don't see much of a difference in them playing in the youth to when he was there really? not really Barkley, I mean, Stones Stones has been Stones fantastic is, was it Stones signed from someone else he signed from Barnsley wasn't he? But I think only like 16 or 17. Wait, who's Stones? Um, I don't know. Fuck no. have <laughs> got a song for him. John Stone, he's been playing at centre-back, but he's really right-back. He's, I know, he's yeah, really I do, well I do know what you mean. Anyway. Uh, how old is he? Like 18, I think. And that Naismith as well? He's signed up from Scotland. Player, yeah, he's <laughs> but he's fucking dog shit. He's awful. I know that has no relations with him. He's just wanted to re, re, kind of reaffirm <laughs> yeah, it. Have you heard the song for Stones, though? No. Head, shoulders, knees, and stones. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I heard that, like, fuck it all. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, God. Now, I was going to say that uh, I've seen a lot of people saying that uh, Moyes is a reactive manager, but is it because that like, he didn't have the offensive players that if, you know, he could go out and buy that he wouldn't play that style of football but you don't I mean I, I'm not in the Moyes camp by saying this I'm just playing a bit of you know advocate. yeah he was working on a shoestring for most of the time at Everton and he, he, he did get the best out of the players he had there he's going to finish contrast he's going to finish 7th with a team that includes Rooney Van Persie Mata Vidic Ferdinand Ferd, well Ferdinand's shit yeah, Johnny Gea, Evans Johnny Evans cleverly no. Smalling well, he's, no, he's that central midfield, it, and he didn't he didn't make the right signing. It's the midfield and the and the defence. But finally, who gives a fuck about Man United? Do you want David Moyes at Spurs? No, Benitez. Shit, boy. He's just fine. I I was expecting a yes or a no, not a Benitez. <laughs> not a grenade. Left yeah. Amongst the pigeons. Um. All right. So none of us want Moyes, do we? Fuck no. All right. So Benitez. Is is why? Because of his Premier League experience, um, it's a bit a bit tactical. The only worry I have about him is that he has that experience of falling out of chairman. At Valencia, he left because it didn't back him. Liverpool, I mean, Gillette and Hicks were Cowboys anyway. Yeah, that's a tough one. To so lay at his door already. I do feel that maybe with Levy at the helm, he may he may struggle there. But I think. Um, I think he this had is a, the problem. Is it, it, there's, there's a kind of running theme here, though, and, and that's Levy, and then the problem. You know, we're saying Van Gaal as well. We're yeah. saying the problems with him at other clubs. You know, I've often said that um, doesn't matter who's our manager because Levy's there. And I, I'm not a massive Levy hater, but I just don't feel that anyone is going to be allowed to breathe with Levy at the helm. A lot of people have also said that Rogers, if he was our manager instead of AV, AVB, where would he be now? Rogers would be sacked. 
I feel. Well, thing Levy is so hands-on from an outsider's perspective. That's the way it seems, and it's he appointed Baldini. Well, it seemed like he appointed Baldini in an attempt to back off himself and let Baldini take control of those issues. I don't know if that's true. I don't he, believe he, that. He, Levy needs to take more of a back seat and just focus on running the business and let the manager get on with things. Do you know what I've been? I have been listening to a lot of Spurs podcasts recently. Why? That's a joke, by the way, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you start attacking me on Twitter. That's what I got. No, no, uh, it's a bit, well, you know, because I'm curious about what other Spurs fans say. And, and oft, often when you get to talk about football, you're more reasonable than you would be in 140 characters on Twitter. Um, but a lot of people say statements like you just did, Wendy, uh, and they're kind of, you know, you're saying like Levy's hands on, but none of us actually know if that's true. None of us know if AV, the reason why AVB left was purely because we lost 5 0 to Liverpool. And people kind of suggest that that is the case when it, none of us know. So it's always a little bit frustrating when I'm listening and thinking, it's, people say this as fact like they know. They don't know. We don't know. We hear tidbits, but generally there's so much going on behind, in a club that should remain behind closed doors. And it's just really hard to make such kind of very definite statements in these situations. Just uh, carrying on to what you're saying, it, it is very hard to... Uh to call what's actually going on behind closed doors and what's being said to Levy and how players are reacting to managers and to tactics and to diets and to all that other shit. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, if, you know, obviously Levy is held accountable for all of this. So obviously he's going to be going for everything with a fine tooth comb. But it's like, if you've employed a manager and you're getting results and players are happy then you will take a back seat and you think you know that guy's got it covered um, I don't he, know what he, my he point is he did that to an extent but, under Redknapp yeah. he, he kind of, things went quiet on the Daniel Levy front until Redknapp started almost getting personal with the, with the England stuff he was sort of making comments about Levy and, and bringing the club into it and that was at a difficult time for Levy when his wife was very ill and you kind of felt like he was pushed into a situation where he had to get rid of this guy he was a loose cannon it also fucked me off as well with, with the Redknapp bit and the, the Daniel Levy bit as well that uh, when Levy and or Tottenham, you know, no players are for sale. Modric, you, you're staying here, you've got a contract, blah, blah, blah. Then it'll go to Harry Redknapp and it'll be like, oh, the boy, you know, you know, he wants to play for the best club in the world. Oh, and yeah, blah, that blah. Nonsense, yeah. It's like, you know, you've got to be singing from the same engine yeah, absolutely. Re- regardless of what your own uh, thoughts are and that Which you play with the player. So yeah. Well. So it's um, yeah, it's tough, but but no, with regards to Benitez, um, in his first season, before Benitez joined, Carragher was just utility man. It was right back, left back, centre back, defender midfield. But Benitez improved him immeasurably. I mean, arguably one of the better defenders in Europe. So the fact he can develop an ordinary, ordinary player like Carragher to be that good would be interesting to see what he would do with maybe a Vertonghen who's maybe a bit disillusioned. And what you look for in the managers is how they improve players. And that's one of the things against Tim Sherwood is that he hasn't really improved any of the players in our team. And maybe Ericsson has done better, but Ericsson had that ability anyway. So I feel maybe if we do get Benitez, maybe he would improve some of the players who have underperformed. Wendy, if you had to choose a manager to come in, who would you go for? Um... The favourite on Betfair at the moment is Pochettino. And I wouldn't necessarily be against Pochettino because I think what he's done is impressive at Southampton. But I think his highest ever league finish is either 7th or 8th in his relatively short career. And that makes me worry. 
Second favourite is Frank De Boer, and I'm leaning very much towards De Boer now. Um, he's just won the f- his fourth um, Eredivisie on- with Ajax. What happened in the cup uh, final? What the against? Um, I can't pronounce their name. What happened in the cup final? They lost five one, didn't they? <laughs> and it's it, a it, no mark it, team. It, yeah, but you won they, four. They, that doesn't negate four. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no. They lost the big game. I mean, I was saying this last night on. Um, I was having this discussion with uh, someone on Twitter and they said you know they were mitigating circumstances that match was interrupted for like half an hour by pyrotechnics on the pitch and then it seemed like pyrotechnics (laughs) (laughs) and then the opposition basically scored with every shot they had and it was like one of those games to an extent although you know 5-1 is not the most impressive they also lost 6-1 to Red Bull Salzburg in the Europa League I was going to say that they got slapped by Salzburg but they have now seen their manager this is Salzburg get the Leverkusen job so they're no mugs and their manager was no mug that said the Dutch league there aren't many good teams over there Mm. Uh, he just says the right things to Boer and I like the fact that he's very much focused on the club as a whole so top to bottom the academy players are schooled in the system he wants to play so that if necessary they can come into the first team get their experience and then you know build on that Um, and we were just saying before the podcast started, um, Vernon Anita is playing for Newcastle tonight against Arsenal, and he was a linchpin under De Boer at Ajax. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Anita play, but he's a fairly sort of average, run-of-the-mill player, and he was very important to the way they played. He was basically a defensive midfielder who'd drop in and be a, make up a third centre-back, and it was more that he got the best out of a fairly average player, and that, that kind of ability of a manager to do that. I find that quite exciting. I think we've got a lot of average players and to get the best out of them would be awesome. Mm. But it's in the press today that they asked um, De Boer about the Spurs job and he said he's not heard anything. It's news to him. That's true. But he also said that he would be happy to come to manage either Tottenham or Liverpool. So He's hardly going to come out and say, yeah, I've had contact with Spurs, I'm manager of Ajax, but I've had contact and I would love to manage that. I mean, even just that comment that he's heard nothing, that's kind of exactly the thing you'd want a manager to be saying, isn't it? Rather than Sherwood, who'd sort of be all over it, you know, I don't know, I've not heard anything, but if Spurs were to approach me, they'd... Yeah. whereas, you know, De Boer's kept it very but, professional. But Sherwood said he wouldn't do that today, didn't he? <laughs> he did. <laughs> what Sherwood says and what he says are two different things. Well, yeah. what he does, yeah. <laughs> no, what he says and what he says. Well, he is... <laughs> On the one hand, like Pochettino, um, he's done really, really well at Southampton. Like hats off to him, and they, they play some good football. He's, he's done some uh, great things with the players and the squad that he's got. But um, I don't feel like he could take us to the next level, or he hasn't got experience to take us to that next level. And with uh, Frank de Boer as well, like you were saying as well with Ajax. Um, it's kind of a, a lesser league. Um, hang on a second, before you open your mouth, I know you're dumb, dying to jump in there. You, yeah, I'm going to. You wait your turn, yeah? Yeah, all right, sorry. All right. don't know what they're saying now, you've ruined it. <laughs> but no, I, wa- I would like a, a manager who's been there and done it, but trying to get a manager of that calibre is quite hard with the, in the position we're in, so I think we will have to take a gamble on or, or, someone. Or Benitez. Yeah, Benitez. Or, or Capello, someone like that, even. That's I would have Capello. Who? What, 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 exactly what, everything you just said. Yeah, you're going to throw out the window now. Yeah, yeah I'm going to throw out the window because Brendan Rodgers was in the exact same uh, situation and so was Martinez. And now, given what they've done this season, I know Brendan Rodgers is probably kind of based on a good manager doing a lot with Suarez and Sturridge. 
Um, and having a decent... Gerrard as well. Yeah, yeah. But having said that, he did very well at Swansea as well. He got Swansea playing really good football. He's kind of Gerrard a new lease of life. But also Martinez has done amazing with Everton. No one thought that that was going to happen. So there are precedents that have already been set that actually Pochettino would maybe be a good appointment. The fact is, I don't know anymore. Yeah, I would say Capello as well. You look at Capello's record; it's fucking ridiculously good. Yeah, apart from England, even even the qualifying uh, phase of the was it World Cup? He yeah, did, was was outstanding. Yeah, I've got a Pochettino fact. He yeah. fouled Michael Owen for that penalty in two thousand and two. Oh, what penalty? Argentina. England played Argentina. Fuck, really? Yeah. Dropped <laughs> All right, let's be wrong now. Just look quickly, the one thing that would worry me about um, De Boer or Pochettino or Tuchel, who's the German uh, manager of Mainz, who's been linked as well, mm. I think they all rely on highly technical players. And the worry is that we've now got a squad of athletes because that's the way that AVB wanted us to play. And how do you go from having players like Paulinho, who are just runners, to having you know, you know technical how? Patience, patience away for the young players, which, is, which which we need patience from the fans as well as Levy. And I'm not everywhere. sure our fans are. It, as doesn't, patient as it doesn't happen in English football. You can't, you can't. I don't think you can wait for. You can't wait for technical ability. It's like if, if you've got someone that's employed to be a runner to close down and to harass players, that they were employed for that reason. But you can't. If you gave them a year to improve their technical ability, it it improved by X amount, but. Yeah. Um, with you, players you're just born like that do you know they're what? unbelievable it would be a bit outlandish in a kind of renegade way for a club to approach a season but if the club said that came out and said we've appointed Pochettino is that the correct way to pronounce is that the correct mm. way to Pochettino to um, he's going to come in and he's going to change the way we play you need, we need to, to, to kind of develop players in a different way and get our current crop of players to be playing in a much more technical fashion this season, we're not aiming for top four. If it comes, great. But if it doesn't come and we finish in the top half of the league, then that's what we're planning to do. And next season, we'll kick on. If the club from the head said that and said that the, and we, we want players involved that are, are, are understanding of our project, in inverted commas, then don't you think that the fans would... I mean, I know there would be this initial uproar saying this is ridiculous, but eventually they would come around to the idea and saying this is what we're doing. We're planning for the next five years, not now. That would be an honest, open, transparent way of dealing with a situation that's very realistic anyway. It kind of felt like they did that to an extent with AV, AVB. Um, but you, he just didn't go far enough. He, he should have said, "He should have said, you know, we, there's, we're going to need patience from the fans whilst he implements his ideas. But in a way, I guess that probably would show a lack of faith in the manager, maybe, as an argument. No, but, just saying but that, Levy that, should be more transparent completely and his communication needs to be better what's so that the fans learn to accept these things. Because the, the only point of press statements is to appease fans yeah. and fucking Sky. But really what Sky says doesn't really matter. So it's to appease fans. And if they're just being honest and saying, look, it's going to take a while. Take a step back work, to take a few steps forward. Yeah, just get, you know, and, and, and don't talk about supporting the club or how you should support the club. Just simply saying that this is what we're planning. And if it doesn't work instantly then this is the reason why it's likely not to work, based in our experience of running football clubs. And I think that would be quite an honest, and I would react to that and say, you know what, fair enough. Anyway, OK, that's it from the first half of the Fighting Cock. We've got Windy now, you, talking about youth players and those out on loan. Yeah. Windy, you have to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I've got your back. Windy. 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 Yeah, Windy. Windy. 
this is Wendy back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loan players as usual, Jake Livermore played 90 minutes in Hull's two-all draw with Fulham. Lewis Holtby was taken off at half-time for Fulham in the same game. Tom Carroll played in QPR's one-all draw with Millwall, but Benoit Asuakoto wasn't involved. Ryan Fredericks missed out for Millwall also in that game. Johnny Beaker was an unused sub for Charlton. They lost 3-1 at home to Blackburn. Alex Pritchard played 90 minutes for Swindon in, his, in their 2-0 defeat at Notts County. That was his last game for them as terms of his youth loan mean that as he turns 21 this week, he can't play for them after that point. Shaq Cawthurst played 83 minutes and bagged the goal as Torquay won 3-1 at Mansfield in League 2. Yago Falke played 90 minutes in Rio Vallecano's 3-0 win at Granada in La Liga. And finally, Christian Ceballos' Aruca didn't play this week. A strong under-18 side drew 2-2 with Everton at the weekend, with goals from Harry Winks and Cameron Carter-Vickers. Both goals came from penalties, although Carter-Vickers' came after Lesniak's spot kick was saved. The under-21s beat Reading 4-2 at Stevenage's Lamex Stadium, playing 50 minutes with 10 men after Bentaleb was sent off for violent conduct after reacting to a challenge. Spurs were 2-0 up with goals from Bentaleb and Ruben Lemirez, both from the penalty spot, before Reading pulled it back to 2-2 after Bentaleb's dismissal. Lemirez scored a second in the second half and Ken McAvoy sealed the win late on. The good news was that Vertonghen played 90 minutes and Capu 60 as they returned from injury. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Funny as well. What's that from? <laughs> Partridge. Alan Partridge. It's the second half of the Fighting Cup podcast. I was going to start again, but I couldn't be bothered. That's right. how we do. Sweet. Hey, roll YOLO, man. Um, the Fighting Cock is partnered with Calm. 12 men a day commit suicide. That sounded like way too entertaining the way I said that. 12 men a day commit suicide. It's thought that it's because we don't talk about our problems. If you feel sad or low, talk to someone. It's... It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm, have a helpline from 5pm till midnight. The number is 0808 802 5858. Before we move on, someone contacted us saying that they'd uh, had gone through some bad times and from listening to the podcast and hearing the Calm ad, they called Calm and it helped them a lot. So it's it was kind of, it was quite moving to hear that. Um, obviously we kind of latch it on to the second half of the podcast, but we do it for a the right reason and, and obviously it probably irritates some people to hear it over and over again but there are many many young men out there who need help so like I say if you need to call Calm to speak to someone their number's 0808 802 5858 West Ham we've got them the one, I mean we, I can't I don't think I could bear losing Just don't to, say it I, don't say it but everyone knows <laughs> every, everyone's thinking it you, you know it the idea of losing to them twice in a season is, is hard enough. I don't remember it ever happening in my lifetime other than this season. We have to have the last laugh at the old ground. Because it we would have to. It would you saw Isn't it next season the last one or is it this one? I think it's this one, isn't it? It's next one. I think the next season is the last one. Is it? Yeah. Really, isn't it? What do you mean? Next season is the last Upton Park game, isn't it? Oh, before they move on. Yeah. I thought we were moving on this season. That's what I thought before. That's how I bought a ticket and I realised it's next season. But anyway, I hope we do get the last fucking laugh. Especially after the bell go last season. That'd be beautiful. <laughs> Sigurdsson, 94th minute, top corner. <laughs> Screamer. You was at that game, Minnie? No. I, was, oh, I, was, I, was, I know it was Charlie Marks who was there. I was at a hotel in Wigan. 
And I stood in the in the foyer with my arms aloft by myself. Didn't make any noise, just stood there, my arms aloft. Just like, yes. <laughs> I can't even remember where I was. I, it was a glorious. It was Baal all over, wasn't it? And that embrace between Baal and uh, ABB yeah. was just... That was oh, when everything was good. times. I oh, know, it was when everything was good. But the funny thing of those games is you kind of forget <clears throat> how close they were to getting beat. I mean, I believe um, Joe Collard had a one-on-one -on -one at one-all. Was, was it ever one-all? They scored first and Bell scored. And then... Um, they went two, they scored two, didn't they? They went two-one up, didn't they? Who scored that second? We, we, Bell scored from outside the box. Yeah, the that Sigurdsson bundled it over the line. Adi oh. Boyle missed an open goal. And oh, yeah. Oh, yes, passed yes. But I think before... It was obviously two-one. I think Joe Collard had a chance to make it three-one and Loris made himself big and made the save. And he weren't playing that well. No. We but then, you know, the goals came against the run of play and history is what it is. It's kind of one of those games that you... I mean, we'd, I would never kind of fear going away to West Ham, but obviously they're going to be well up for it. They've got nothing to play for. They're safe, pretty much, aren't they? Um, not really. They are 14th in the table, 37 points, 5 points above the relegation zone. Ah, fuck it, they're and, safe. Yeah, and they lay down and die, go on. Yeah, but look at, <laughs> look, look at Villa, though, man. Villa were out of it, and now they're in the, in the mix. Norwich are definitely down. So, and Cardiff. Of, and Cardiff, yeah. So and Sunderland, hopefully. Well, Sunderland, I don't know. I think they might stay up, but it's so it's between Norwich. Why, hopefully? Because they're not Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I hope they all fair go enough. down. Hope everyone in the bottom half of the table goes down. <laughs> exactly. A couple at the top half, get them down. Apart from Fulham, I like going to Fulham. Well, West Ham have lost four. Their last four, and then there was this kind Can't of five, yeah. yeah, there was this kind of um, kind of resurgence under Allardyce. Where he kind of turned it round, and there was—I remember listening to Talksport, and I think it was Andy Goldstein was saying, you know, you got to respect what Allardyce has done because they've won four on the bounce, and now they've lost four on the bounce, and uh, and obviously West Ham fans are turning on, have turned massively on on in in their own words, fat. What's his name? Sam. Fat Sam. Sam. But it's, it's almost like he was Pulis before Pulis. It's like he's a hipster, and he went on that winning run before Pulis ever thought of doing it. But um, also. They've lost 20 points on winning positions. They've not kept a clean sheet in 10 games. So you know what that means? Home win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Put your money in it. Somebody's Five new home win. Someone who's never scored before for West Ham, just bet on them. Even if it's a keeper, just put a bet on them. What? I was just going to say, um, I mean, the, the one worry I have about West Ham is that they, their sole tactic, basically, is get the ball to Jarvis, whip crosses in for Carroll and Nolan... Mm. And we're not the best at stopping crosses coming in. Our fullbacks are probably the weakest positions in the whole whole pitch for us. And Jarvis is he, he's someone who I didn't rate at all. But he's he's done okay this season. He's actually in a poor team. He's played all right. And against West Brom, he made eleven crosses in that game. And if we concede eleven crosses, we'll definitely concede a couple of goals. But you mentioned that Kabul and Dawson played really well. They and did. We would need to start with those two again in order to stifle that. Again. Reiterate what you've just said, Dawson. Fucking stick him in there. You'll nut that out straight away. And, what up? <laughs> and uh, Kabul as well. And the fact is that when uh, when Kabul came back into the side, there was a lot of talk about him having a serious knee injury, and he may well be carrying one. But he's just come back in since the Newcastle game, and has just been fantastic. Just, Do you think? I've, been, I've, I've been not been. Right. I've not what? been too impressed. It's not been great. Really, I've been really. I felt really secure with him there. Yeah, maybe it's just my kind of. I think mental. he. I think he has shown glimpses of his older self, 
But um, he is a bit rusty still, and he's been out for fucking ages, yeah, he man. Has, he has. You know, players like that, it takes them a good like three or four months to get in the full rhythm, fitness, sharpness of everything that's going on. So, I think we need to be a bit more uh, lenient. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's the word. I, I, I'm, I, I'd be happy for him and Dawson to play centre back against uh, against well, West Ham. Is, is there even an argument to play Cabot right back? And Dawson oh. and Vertonghen in, in central defence. Because Vertonghen and... played against uh, Reading. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Played four ninety as well. Yeah, I, I would say, oh. <laughs> I would say that uh, the aerial prowess of Carroll will have to be negated, mm. and the best players to do that would be Dawson, Dawson, man. Dawson and, and Kabul. And I would say play Vertonghen at left back. And have someone in central midfield have the responsibility for tracking Kevin Nolan's runs because he's very good at making those late bursts into the box and or Piggy Nolan Piggy Nolan yeah he'll get on the end of a Carroll knockdown well, and, we'll get and Chadley and, and Polinho are both absolutely awful at tracking runners it's like I'm, I, I, it's almost got beyond belief you, you watch midfield players burst beyond them again and again and they don't they don't track back and the centre-backs need to tell them they've got to start tracking back but I think this is the time that if Kapu is fit enough to, to play then or and if not, then Sandra. I know. I know. Sherwood and Sandra have had their um, disagreements, but it seems to me to be the perfect game for Sandro. But why I said West Ham aren't out of it yet is because their last game is against a title chase in Man City, away from home. So they're going to be up for this game. This, this is um, you know, they, their three points. They think they can realistically beat Tottenham, so they'll, they'll, they'll be up for it. But um, as, as Wendy said, I think we need to worry about what they do. A feature of Sherwood's management is not worrying about what the other team do. It's us imposing our game on them, but. There comes a point where you've got to like, think, look, let's just not get a beat here. I'm not saying we part of the bus, but we've got to think about what they can do and also hurt them at the same time. Fucking hell, man. We're talking about West Ham. Let's go out there and we, we can definitely on. hurt them. We'll score goals. We will score goals. Motherfucker. The fuck you that yeah. fucking Sherwood shit, man? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just go back to the uh, Chadley and Paulinho centre midfield. Paulinho or Paulinho? Paulinho, uh, Pouli- <laughs> as I like to call him. Um, against the better teams, I don't know how fucking bad we'd do against them. And about tra- uh, tracking back, like you just said, Windy. I mean, and for the centre mid, it's working at the moment. But I really do not see this as a mainstay centre midfield pairing for us. I think he. You know, one of the things I will say for Sherwood is the. I would never ever consider putting out a team before Sherwood's tenure at Spurs without a defensive midfielder. And actually, against the lesser teams, you can afford to do that. And I, I think that's become abundantly clear that that isn't necessarily a bad thing to, to, to drop Sandro. I, don't get me wrong, I would put him in my team. I don't agree with the way he handles Sandro, but we don't always need a holding midfielder or a, uh, a ball winner. Um, I just... Before we move on, because I want to say something about Chadley, but go on. Yeah, I just think you don't necessarily need a ball winner, but like when we had Carrick at the club, you've got a player there who positions himself in such a way that he stops attacking players making those breaks because there's no space for them to break into. Mm. But then he's so good at starting attacks that it kind of works from that perspective. And it, it, it's not as if you need someone who's a dedicated defensive player. It's just you need someone in that in that area patrolling that zone. You need that presence. And even Benton, I know he's not a defensive player and it wasn't ideal for him, but he was doing a job there. And it was just odd that Sherwood suddenly turned against using him there and just thrown in Chadley into a central role he's never played before. What's interesting about what you've just said, um, they said to Xavier Londo a long time ago, 
They asked me about tackling, and he found it odd that the English thing that tackling is such a good trait to have because in Spain the mentality is to cut it off at source, and that's what Carrick did. Yeah, at the, at the time as well. So brilliant reading of the game, Carrick. Yeah. I think uh, Chadley. I've been impressed with him. He's done okay. He's done okay. I thought that we kind of fell apart to a certain extent against Stoke when he came off. I thought the game changed against us. The flow of the game changed against us when he wasn't there to kind of drive and to pick up the balls and, and, and lay it off. And I think he's quite a tidy player. I, he reminds me a lot of... Well, or Schurler reminds me a lot of... They, they kind of rem, remind me of each other. Who? Schurler, the, uh, the geezer for Chelsea. Reminds of Chadley. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The way they the way they run. This is one another one of my bold statements. T, you'll see. In a year, probably quite deep, and they're not afraid to take players on in yeah, areas where other players wouldn't. Yeah, their their skill isn't necessarily um, in, in beating players from a, from a standing point of view. Like I don't know, like Genoa or, or, or Bell probably had the skill to do Modric. It, but if he has a little bit of space and he puts his head down, he becomes a very effective player. Some momentum. And, yeah, momentum. It's like exactly. Dembele, they both protect the ball really well, don't they? And sort of, they 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 balance themselves nicely and use their weight to their advantage. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> except I think he's much more direct than Dembele, and and I, I think he has a role to play. And again, I keep going back to the fact that we only played eight million pound for him. For an eight million pound player, given what the kind of money Spurs do spend, I think Chudley's you know, certainly in the second half of the season has done well and, and and deserves the recognition he's getting. I, I like him, I do. Then you go back to that, imagine if we had a manager that could play him in the right position, manage him to, you know, utilise him in the right formation. Imagine, you know... But we did, and everyone was saying, why are you playing Chadley in the centre and, and Ericsson White? That, you know, Chadley's ideal role is off the striker, and he yeah. was doing OK there. Yeah. Um, and Ericsson has played a lot on the left, and he was doing well there, and, and yet people still moaned, I don't know. For me, Chad, Chad is a good, he's a competent player, but he's very much like a squad player who wouldn't play the whole of a season. I've got no problem with that yeah. at all. And, yeah. and actually, under if say De Boer was to come in, then he plays with one defensive midfielder and two more attacking players. So Chadley would fit in nicely into that philosophy. Mm. Okay, um, the best thing I like about who's because we sometimes print off who scored uh, information because someone somewhere puts in massive amounts of effort in order to get every single you, fucking tactical detail. So you realise they've been taken over by an evil, by an evil force in yeah. modern day football. Who scored have? Yeah, they've made a bit of a collaboration with an evil force in modern day football. Sky Sports. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Day. Yeah. That's a shame. Just but, I point out. Right, we'll never use them again. But but <laughs> but, banned. but for now. But for now, it's the uh, characteristics that they have of, of, of teams. This is this always. I love this bit. <laughs> yeah, it's well funny, isn't it? So, um, according to who scored, West Ham strengths are aerial duels, and, and that's it. That's that's their strengths. Uh, their weaknesses are keeping possession on the ball, stopping opponents from creating chances, defending counter attacks, defending set pieces, defending against attacks down the wings, and protecting the lead. They've, got, they've essentially got everything wrong with their defence yeah. that you could possibly have. I don't know what, apart from defending long shots, I'm not sure what else they, they've got going for them. That's ridiculous. Allardyce's team talks, keep the ball in the air, lad. <laughs> Just keep putting it in the air. Don't let it stay on the ground at all. Um, though I said, you know, probably one of their strengths is protecting long shots, I would actually play. Um, Andros Townsend in this game. I think Lennon. He, he, I know if he. I don't know if he's. He's. Uh, if he's injured off that ankle injury he got. 
I don't know if he's going to be fit to play, but... Townsend, Orlando. Townsend, because... Looks pretty bad. It was it, yeah. He carried on, but he was limping all over the place. But if he is fit, then play him. Um, I think Lennon, for whatever reason, has lost his sort of surging ability. He's not beating players. He's kind of... I don't know what the fuck he does other than track back, to be honest. But I, I think someone with the youthful exuberance of Townsend could actually do well, especially if we sit back a little bit and soak up some of their pressure. They're going to, with the players they have, give the ball away and make mistakes. And I think that's how to play this West Ham game. I usually would say just go out and uh, attack them. But I think actually sitting back and waiting for them to make a mistake would probably be the best thing we could do. All right, so um, we should move on to the questions. Actually, no, let's predictions. do some, Yeah, let's do some predictions. Apologies. Um, I think Spurs will win 3-1. 2-1 Tottenham. 4-1 Tottenham. 2-1 Tottenham. 4-1, I'd have ripped my cock off if that fucking happened. <laughs> yeah, me too. Just... Exactly. And you go to your missus, what are you going to do? And she's like, why have you done this? I was like, we just beat West Ham. <laughs> Fuck off, look at my cock, it's in my hand. I'd be Varys filth. <laughs> be a eunuch. <laughs> oh, that the Game of Thrones thing? Yeah. Uh, Ricky was laughing at us for talking about Game of Thrones thinks it's pretty geeky it the rest of the world pretty don't. geeky it's very geeky James Cordia of Facebook he says a, de- a debate has been raging in New York City for a bit <laughs> when I read that it's been raging in New York City but the when I read state. that I just imagined there was groups of people I don't know why though there like was gangs, ga- there gangs was ga- in New York gas lanterns <laughs> and there's rage going on and they're all trudging down New York <laughs> What's going on? Tell him, go on, tell him, Clive. I thought, I thought of Central Park and friends personally, you know, over a cup of coffee. <laughs> they uh, um, they ask, can you really talk about football if you've never played? I mean, if, uh, let's take the question if we've never played at the level that the, the people that we're criticising. Um, not really. Not, 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 I mean, you can talk about tactics. I mean, this, a brain is very different from the body. Um, you play five aside a little bit and you realise how difficult it is to play football to a, to a decent level and those that do make it as professionals are really amazing footballers even the really shit ones um, And but but what else can you do? You, you It's your football club and, and you, you kind of expect them to be brilliant or at least try their hardest and if they're not doing that then you're going to criticise them as football fans it's just the way it is I think he probably meant on any kind of level not on Premier League level maybe you know if you've played even if even in Sunday League to a degree because in the football match there's many situations that take place and sometimes or I mean, for example in the Danny Rose debate I mean I've never been in that position myself where you know it's all been it's all against me and I'm like had someone take me out and have guard on my back so maybe there's things like that where maybe it does help if you have in that situation T I remember the game we played against the Spurs Legends and I remember you playing at left back admittedly not your best position I'm right for it you're right <laughs> but that wasn't to do that was to do with all. it was all to do with your heart and nothing to do with, with, with whether you're left footed or right yeah. footed that ball played through you're just like I, I'm never getting that I'm I wasn't going to catch up. him Exactly, and and you. I if saw, I was paying sixty grand a week, though, I probably would have run my fucking ass. You wouldn't. You would have been in exactly the same situation. And the fact is that these uh, these players are supreme athletes. They're the very best in their field. Yes, that's that's very true. I mean, think about it. all the footballers in all the world. England is England's one of the better leagues. It's about one percent, maybe not point not one percent of footballers yeah, playing that league. 1%. So these guys, I mean, even Carl Norton is, you know. A very good footballer. It, 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 Carl Norton is better than everybody who listens to this podcast 
by about a hundred times, but it doesn't matter because they're paid for that that to to, to deliver, and they're playing a, and they're doing a, a job, and it's not a job. They're playing a game for their living, and everybody wants to be in that situation. So it's our role to criticise them. It's our role to applaud them. And the, when they when they score a goal, when Danny Rose scored that volley against Arsenal. We gave him that adulation. We made him, the fans made him feel the way he did when he scored against our arch rivals. And that's a role to play. They, as footballers, they can't generate that excitement. Only fans can do that. So fans have a role to play. Players have a role to play. They're very different beings. Uh, and and they, they kind of exist in their, on, on their own. I don't know. I don't know what you just said there, but um, <laughs> can you really talk about football if you've never played? I've never played, and it you doesn't played? matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's so, rugby. That's rugby. rugby. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's never been to the extent of Premier League or whatever Sunday League. It doesn't matter. But for through my life, I've gone to a lot of live Tottenham games and I've watched a lot of football. And there was always this kind of time with me and my mates that were football fans and me as a Tottenham supporter. And they would watch football as to say, oh, look at that pass or look at this technique or whatever, Mm. rather than looking at an overall game or analysis of how a team was performing or set up. And I get a lot of people, and this is why I can't watch football in a pub, because people would come over to me or and they would just say stuff that, oh, like, um, I don't know, so-and-so can't defend or so-and-so can't do this. But like, I watch them every single week and I, and I know what I see and I know, shut up, mate, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I know, like, even though I haven't played, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and this is probably, you know, a, a, across the world of people that don't play football that but then watch it. But then, again, going back to... The analysis of football, which is where you've got your AVB, and he uh, is very good analyst, but whether it's man management or whether the other things come into consideration, it's very different. Mm. Um, it's one thing to analyse mm. something and then obviously react on that. But going back to the point of um, if you haven't played football, can you still have um, a very kind of vocal influence or is can you your, criticize yeah yeah is your opinion as strong as others then fuck yes because i've never played football and i know more than you but <laughs> just to um build on that the Thanks, <laughs> yeah, I, do. I know everything the, mo- the most frustrating thing is that the people who are supposedly the ones who should know the most the footballers are often the most inarticulate and so you end up having very few players you actually want to listen to talk about the game and it's like the only old few like Gary Neville or Pat Nevin or maybe even Carragher that you're interested in getting their opinions well Carragher to an extent I don't know what he says <laughs> no. I think he's I think he's half decent I don't know what he says but like Ricky was saying AVB <laughs> hadn't played football at a particularly high level and he still had Respect certainly at Porto, he had the respect of his players. And well, Mourinho and Wenger are better examples, probably. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Wenger won a league title, though. Okay, all right, Mourinho then, because he didn't even play at a professional level, did he? Not, uh, not a very high level, no. And I think it's more about. So basically, we're like we're Mourinho's, basically. <laughs> that's what you're saying. Yeah. If I had grey hair and a pickled onion head, I would be Mourinho. <laughs> pickled onion. <laughs> 
if you get a co- when you get iron, get a cocktail stick. Pickled onion, stick it on top, Mourinho. There. <laughs> that is amazing. A pickled onion, Ed. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, no, what I want to say is that, just building on what Wendy said, is that footballers, when they're on TV, they're paid to articulate what they see. And sometimes they don't get their points across. Much like Sheridan in his press conferences, they don't get their points across well enough, but maybe they're saying the, what they want to say in their head, they can't quite articulate it to a point where other people understand. So basically what I'm trying to say, a lot of people who are high-level footballers are dumb. If, <laughs> just to finish here, if we can't talk about football because we've never played it, then what the fuck, man? What, what, what are we all doing? What are we doing here? What, what are people doing on Twitter? It would be a very boring life. Well, what, what, what if there's a case of music? Yeah. Or even, well, I can't say porn, everyone has sex, so... Not as good as porn stars. It's true. You're yeah. right, you're 100% spot on there, T. Yeah. We wouldn't be fucking, we wouldn't be talking about Spurs. Well, is it, we it's all subjective. That's it. The essence is it's all subjective. Yeah. What everyone says is an opinion, it's not a fact. So take that back, James Cordier. Back to, I think it's Chicago, where he's from. New York. NYC. New York's all the same. I think he's from Chicago. More or less the same. (laughs) Is it Chicago? It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony Bill says, what's the best cereal? What's the best cereal you eat in the morning? Round table. Shit, man. What'd you like? Uh, I'm a big fan of, if I do have cereal, Honey Nut Loops. Ooh. Yeah. I like honey nut cornflakes. Yeah, you've got to have honey in there. Is that your vote? Yeah, that's mine. I haven't had cereal in years, but shreddies on hot milk. Deal with it. Tesco milk. Tesco milk. Tesco apple and cinnamon muesli is awesome. Um, you know like, what? I'm not even surprised you said that. <laughs> Why can't you just well, we eat a bit? We need to find out from um, Case what he says because Case is the cereal. Case king. is the cereal Ca- king. Case yeah. has you like, can ask him this this time. Case, Case yeah, has go- uh, chicken with his cereal. <laughs> 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 if you're in, Case, to be honest, it's a shame that he isn't here because he'd be the best place to answer this. He loves cereal. He loves it. He eats about ten bowls a day. Um, <laughs> In the I middle just imagine of, Case like the honey monster shoveling cereal down his... He eats 10 bowls a day in a month Listen to UK hip-hop and working out. He denied the hip-hop thing. Yeah, he I felt bad. Um, yeah, so uh, at him at Twitter, it's at CaseTFC. And at T- T- TFC. Ask, yeah. ask him about uh, what cereal he likes. Um, Chris Machen from Twitter, he says, would you rather be blind every other day or have to wear ice skates constantly for the rest of your life? I like ice skating. I take the ice skates. Yeah, but there's no ice, right? You don't live in fucking... Iceland. Greenland. Well, there's a simple answer to this. Iceland don't have ice, it's it's Greenland, man. I just said Iceland. (laughs) Racist, that's what you are. I'm I'm pretty good at writing, like, complaint letters um, to, like, companies if I'm dissatisfied with something so I'd be oh my god do you how, yeah, many, yeah. how many have you written in the last year 10 what why I love really it. do you do it's it as well a, it's a yeah, pleasure do you get free shit yeah, well, yeah. So, well this, this, this is how this works if you need to buy a complaint there's Ricky TFC on Twitter <laughs> Windy Cause on Twitter you can play that up at them yeah, uh, I'd, be, I, I'd write to the council and uh, insist that for my accessibility needs with my ice skates on my feet I need some kind of ice path in front of me, so I get them to... Im- you know in um, curling, they have those people with the brushes? Yeah, yeah. So I want the council you want to your employ... Own curling, pe- no, 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 I want them to employ people with liquid nitrogen and water, <laughs> so they're just freezing a path for me wherever I walk. And if ever I fall over, it's obviously the council's fault, so I get compensation for it. So it's helped pay for my ice skating trips. Who's coming to America? 
where they put the roses. Yeah. He'd be like him, just ice everywhere when he goes, just like fucking it's nice into the water. I'd love to see that. <laughs> you imagine him going down Tottenham High Road. <laughs> and I imagine white skates. I don't know why I went yeah, yeah, yeah. Those really white kind of ballerina skates. That kind With of navy blue trim. <laughs> yeah, obviously. It'd be like Blades of Glory, like I have a onesie as well. Sparkly one. What uh, complaints have you written into it? Uh, I got a roast. I got. I went to a carvery recently. And, uh, a Toby? No, no, it weren't a Toby. Actually, I don't know what the fuck it was. Um, Harvester? No, it wasn't. It was real, real downgrade from that. What but was basically, it? this guy, this guy, kind of grunted at me, and he fucking shoved my plate in my face. There's no mint sauce. There's no <laughs> nothing, and I was just like really let down. So I tweeted saying like, "This is fucking shit. I'm never going there again." And they said, right, you've got to fill out a complaint form. complaint form. So I filled it out. And uh, I got a phone call from the manager nice. a week later saying, what was your complaint? So I told him. And he said, okay, we'll sort this out. And then I received a £35 check through... A check? Not yeah, just a voucher? No, no, a check That's through a very good effort. Yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't go back there, but I got 35 quid. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'd probably go for the ice skates. I wouldn't like to be blind every other day. Yeah, don't offend to that either. So it wasn't that I could. I would know. I would go blind every other day. Really? Yeah, definitely, man. The amount of times you'd have to fucking. You can come my ice bath though. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, just I mate. Why you got ice skates on your outside? Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, the other option was going blind every other day. Yeah, so. no one's going to ask you why you're blind though. Yeah. Every other day, and the, the times you are blind. Just get stones, listen to fucking music at home, chill out. That wouldn't be a bad thing, because you could only work... Well, that's true, that's true. You would miss every other game, Spurs, maybe. Yeah, no, it's every other day, not every other week. Yeah, but what was the day for the Spurs game? Yeah, which which it would often. Radio. Right. Yeah. There was a time when Tape most, it most watch it the next day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> Sky Plus was invented for. It's it's a you can't see the controller. <laughs> and when, when when you can see, you just put the voice command. Do you know? Do you know when I was listening to? I read this question. I thought, my it wasn't that I couldn't see the people I loved or Tottenham every day. It was that I wouldn't be able to watch you porn. I only <laughs> have to watch you porn three times a week. Which is that's going to make you blind week. eventually anyway. That's true. That's a lie. I think that's a, that's a scandalous lie. Um, what, since what, you stopped wanking? No, since um, I found out, like, porno streaming, you know, like, um, fine tubes and Pornhub. Actually, advertising there, but yeah. Do you remember, the, day, do you remember the days stuff. where you couldn't, the only way you would get porn is either finding it under your dad's jumpers in his, uh, his, his wardrobe, or... In forests. Yeah, park. In a park. Yeah. In a park. park, park. Do you know what? I never I got one in a park. park. I always got one in the forest. Or, and it was always the, birds with massive bushes. What, what are the, yeah. the fuck? And no wonder they fucking chucked away. They were shit. One of the first pawns I ever found in uh, the park. Like me and Mike flipping through. Like, yeah, we got a pawn. <laughs> Flicked open like the second page. There was a woman with a padlock pierced for a fanny <laughs> fucking lip. <laughs> I thought that this is like what I don't know what's going on. No like, I mean, it. It's just weird. It's like I'm a Imagine kid. I just thought that was like the norm. Yeah. <laughs> Every woman would have that. Oi, oi, darling, get your lock out. <laughs> get your lock out. Get it's your like, lock out. Pop a chub lock as it's well. Like, weird. All right, I don't know. Like, all of these questions, none of the usually we have a couple of Spurs ones. T, I know you put this together. Yeah. Last three we had none. Because you always moan at me about there's no funny stuff, so I just put four funny ones. Well, don't, uh, listen, don't listen to me. Do what you usually do. Engineer out. <laughs> also, should say, last week, 
you had a brilliant segue to the Sherwood uh, discussion, and I jumped in because I changed the running order at the last minute. I want to say that? congratulations to that show, uh, segue. It was magnificent. Oh. So I apologise for doing that. It's all right. All right. Uh, Engineer Al, who used to be on the podcast, but now just engineers the pod, hence the name. You can download his EPs. You've got two of them. And watch his video on YouTube, Engineer Al Shy Trips. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good. And also it's on Facebook. It's on Facebook. Does, does poetry stuff as well, doesn't it? Yeah, he does po- po- poetry in uh, Brighton. So it's I, all love, good. I love that video of his um, poem. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh, you d- which the one? one? The one he tweeted like a week ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. He's a talented young man, he to certainly be honest. Is. Uh, and his question is, would you make your mum do heroin, crack or crystal meth? No whys or get outs. You have to choose one and that's it. You, basically, you have to give your mum one of these horrible, horrible drugs. Hang on a second. Well, you know crack. You're, you, you, you're, you've got an advantage here, Rick. You know crack inside and out. So I would, I would, if I'm going to give my mum any drug, no, not any drug. Those three. Those, well, those three would be heroin. Really? She has to have the best trip. <laughs> if I, if I'm, I'm not going to give her a fucking a shit ride, man. Give her the best one. Give her the best. How do you know that heroin's the best out of cracking? But believe you me, mate. Heroin out of all them lot. Heroin is the better. Actually, I haven't done heroin. I think I probably would, though. Yeah, I'd definitely... I'll, I'll go... I'll definitely before I'm at the end of my life, I'm having to go on in that. A, in a safer environment, <laughs> I think I'd have a go. What kind of safe environment? Like uh, my front room, me and you? No, 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 no. That's not that safe. Well, it's not safe. Well, You've got a knife. dog running around, man. Something would happen with that. We'll put the knives away. All right, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I'd probably go for crack. I know the most about crack. But not enough to have tried any of these, obviously. But I know Ricky yeah, obviously have. Ricky once did crack. We talked about it on the podcast quite a lot, yeah. and he survived. He, he went did, missing yeah. for a day, but he did the, he did yeah. survive. It's true, I did go missing for a day, but so I know that my mum would come back from crack. Yeah. So that's what I'd go for. This so we're we're, we're we're open to talking about this stuff. Wendy and Tias are kind of cringing to the point that they don't <laughs> want to say anything. I, I picked crystal meth because I watched Breaking Bad and no one dies in that. No one so, dies. That's, yeah, and I think it would be easier to kind of disguise it as something else to try and tempt her to eat it as well. So I think yeah. her struggle to <laughs> inject her with heroin without her realising something's I've got, I've got up. images of you with your mum going, come on, <laughs> just tempting her in. Come on. Try this delicious blue sweet. food. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's it from the Got podcast. Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to thank Windy. Windy, what's your Twitter? Windy at Windy Coys. At Windy Coys. Got Rin, Ricky. What's yours? What? Ricky. Oh, at Ricky. TFC. TFC. Um, Flav underscore Bateman. Triple X porn editor. Yeah, the legend. That's that me. is. That isn't you. It is me. All right. <laughs> That's it from the Fighting Court podcast. Apologies. Bye. 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 Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.